Herbal Essences is on a mission to bring the positive power of plants to keep hair beautiful and healthy with products you'll love using. These products are not only free from sulfates, parabens, and dyes, and certified PETA cruelty-free, but they are also full of naturally derived ingredients for healthier, moisturized hair. We all know that winter can leave our hair feeling super dry. Herbal Essences' potent aloe and hemp shampoo and conditioner and argan oil and aloe hair mist work together to hydrate and moisturize hair for fantastic frizz control. Not to mention, Herbal Essence's sustainably harvest potent aloe is uniquely certified by the plant experts at the Royal Botanic Gardens, and it provides extra moisture for your hair. Look for the Herbal Essence's potent aloe collections green bottles at food and drugstores or mass retailers near you, or you can visit herbalessences.com to learn more. Hi, I'm Alex L., and I write books for a living. The Hey Girl podcast was created with sisterhood and storytelling in mind. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. (laughs) I'll be sitting down with some phenomenal women to discuss love. I believe we grew distant out of love of some type. Like, I don't want to hurt you. Loss. Really don't know what's going to trigger that feeling of grief in any moment. And a topic very important to my work, self-care. Freedom is self-care. It's not about pedicures. It's not about clothing. It's not about trips. Join us as we journey through sharing together. Today I'm sitting down with Erin Boyle. She is the founder of ReadingMyTeaLeaves.com, a slow-living mother of two, and a writer. I'm excited for you guys to hear this conversation. Here's Erin's story. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Erin, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to have this conversation with you. But before we dive in, (laughs) can you please introduce yourself to the Hey Girl listeners with who you are and what you do? Um, I am Erin Boyle, and I write a blog called Reading My Tea Leaves, Um, and I also wrote a book a few years ago called Simple Matters, Um, and I tend to write a lot about kind of things close to home and kind of simplicity broadly, but of course that has lots of different definitions for different people, but yeah, I, I try to kind of write about living slowly and simply, sustainably, you know, and how all of that has hopefully a positive, a some positive impact on ourselves and on the environment. So I, I don't know how I discovered your blog, but when I did, I was like, this is just amazing. And oh, your book, I bought your book you. and I love it. Um, so I want to know how you got started with slow living. Um, yeah. Dare I say minimalistic living? Are you, <laughs> are you a minimalist or do you, you identify know, I- as one? I think I do. I'm like so resistant to putting myself into like a box, which of course is uh, totally counter to like the work I do, which is like constantly demanding us to put ourselves into boxes. I guess it kind of started, I don't know. I remember when I was living in my first apartment with my then boyfriend, now husband, and I was talking to my mom about furnishing it. And, you know, we had moved in. I had actually come from living abroad and he was in grad school and there was, you know, I write about in my book, actually, like there was like no, like, you know, we had like a mattress and mm-hmm. that was all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were slowly putting things together. And I had this conversation with my mom where she 
was saying, you know, in typical kind of mom style, she was, someone the other day was just saying that young people these days, all they care about is just, you know, going to like a big box store and buying everything up. And that's not you at all. It, it, it kind of like dawned on me. I was like, yeah, it's like really, it's not me. Like I'm really interested in building a life slowly. And mm-hmm. like during that period, especially James, my then boyfriend and now husband (laughs) and I would um, explore like tag sales and little antique shops and Mm. you know flea you know flea markets and all of that stuff to try to like slowly build our life and I realized I was kind of at this you know I was like 20 however I was 22 23 Mm -hmm. and I was uh, starting to figure out like okay like what are my values and like what am I how am I going to build a life? And it was kind of like a literal building of a home mm-hmm. got me started thinking about, yeah, like what are the impacts of my purchases? What is, what are the choices that I'm going to make now that are actually going to like stick with me through growing up? And it kind of started then. Fast forward to now, right? You're in Brooklyn. Yeah. You have yeah. two small children. Um, you have a husband. Things are definitely blooming, right, with career yeah. and, and home and everything in between. How have you yeah. kept that harmony between, especially with children? I know that you've touched on this quite a bit when people ask, how do you yeah, live yeah. slowly and mindfully with young ones, right? You know, I actually think that the, like, harmony really comes from like maintaining that lifestyle kind of as like a constant like okay we're gonna Mm -hmm. like have a baby and not that much really has to change I just we have such a cultural narrative of like kids come and then it's crazy (laughs) be prepared for like the onslaught of like you know in terms of like purchasing purchasing stuff and like there's so much especially like in the United States like I can't speak for you know other cultures and certainly this all depends on socioeconomic status and all of that but right, in right. my particular I don't know cohort or whatever you want to call it like there's such pressure there's such this expectation that things are going to get chaotic mm-hmm. you're going to get overwhelmed and you better hold on for like the influx and I don't think it has to be that way and mm-hmm. I'm pretty like organized person a pretty like exacting person but like I'm not I'm not like neurotic, you know what I mean? And I like really wanted to fight against that idea that parenthood would have to mean that I become neurotic or like that I had to worry about all this stuff or that I had to buy all this stuff. Mm. And I don't know, for me, that's been like really centering. It's been really nice to know like, you know what? I guess things get crazy. And of course, you come into my house at like five o'clock in the afternoon, you're going to see two kids climbing all over each other. They're going to be like, you know, apple remains across the carpet. Like there's going to be all that kind of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. of course, life with small kids is busy and chaotic, mm-hmm. or whatever. I, I honestly don't think it has to be overwhelming. I'm just kind of like sticking to my guns on that stuff. I don't know. It's gotten me through it. I, I like that you said that it doesn't have to be overwhelming and chaotic because I find I'm having my third baby. So yes, I know. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank so you. Exciting. So I'm excited because number one, we're having another girl. So we have all this stuff from Isla that we don't have to, you know, buy again. So that was one thing I was like, thank goodness. Like we can just reuse <laughs> what we have, but yeah. also not feeling pressure to like having to start over again, like a new, mm-hmm. a new this or a new that. And, oh, we didn't have that with Isla. So we need that with this one. So I like how you yeah. said that it doesn't have to be this huge daunting thing of collecting stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. And, you know, you know, it's, it's interesting that you say that too. I mean, I often use the phrase opt out. I just mm. like think that like having the power to be like, listen, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to get 
a crib and three pop-up cribs and all this like accompanying gear or whether it's but whether it's like gear or whether it's trying to like get into like particular school programs or trying like, there's so much especially in New York City yeah. oh my god there's just so much conversation about what you need and what you need to do and what's hard and what isn't you know what, I'm just, I'm not going to let this stuff get to me. Like, I'm just not going to participate, which doesn't mean like, that makes me sound like a recluse or something. Like, you could like be a part of society without necessarily like adhering to all of the kind of cultural narrative of like what you need or the expectations. I mean, even to the point of, you know, I have Faye is, um, my oldest is four, almost five and my youngest is two. And mm-hmm. like, Faye is a girl and Silas is a boy and like he wears Faye's hand-me-downs you know what I mean like even to that point like Mm -hmm, we mm -hmm. and you know of course like we're in a lucky position a quirky position of like work and family collide and so yeah you know there are some things whatever that are like new for Silas work kind of related we've really been able to keep things simply like simple we don't need the newest thing and like you know I did things even like Maybe this is like, I'm like blathering on, but when Silas was born, I was like, you know what? We didn't have, we had no kind of like um, baby rocker, jumper, mover thingy Mm -hmm. when Faye was born. Like Mm -hmm. literally she like put her on the floor (laughs) and put her in like a basket and then eventually we got a crib. So like, you know, we were like slow moving. But when Silas was born, I was like, okay, I have a two and a half year old also. Like maybe I should like, (laughs) maybe something would be helpful, like not to be carrying a baby all the time. So like I borrowed one from from a friend. There's all of that kind of like, I don't know what, to me, this is all like very, it's it like, it's freeing. It feels like, oh, like once you decide that I can opt out of whatever rat race it is, whether, whether it's a particular career path or a particular education path or whatever, like there's so much freedom. Like you can do what you want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Without having all this excess baggage weighing you down, you know, and yeah, I find, totally. especially when it comes with having a family and having children, it's like buy this new thing and then you know and post it on social media and who can be the most like stylish mom social media family on instagram (laughs) and it's weird it's so it's so strange Herbal Essences believes in plant-based beauty. Their potent aloe collections are sulfate-free and paraben-free and instead infused with real botanicals with the indulgent scents you know and love. They are on a mission to bring the positive power of plants to keep hair beautiful and healthy with products you'll love using. We all know that winter can leave our curls feeling super dry. Herbal Essences potent aloe and mango shampoo, conditioner, and curl cream work together to hydrate for moisturized, defined, and long-lasting curls. Herbal Essences Sustainably Harvest Potent Aloe is uniquely certified by the plant experts at the Royal Botanic Gardens Q, and it provides extra moisture for your hair. These products are not only free from sulfates, parabens, and dyes, and certified PETA cruelty-free, but they are also full of naturally derived ingredients for healthier, moisturized hair. Sound intriguing? Look for the Herbal Essences Potent Aloe Collections Green Bottle at food, drugstores, or mass retailers near you, or you can visit herbalessences.com to learn more. I recently started wearing a new bra by Third Love and I absolutely adore it. Did you know that breast shape matters when you're finding a good fit? I didn't. Third Love uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their fit finder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. 
I found the Fit Finder quiz really helpful when I was picking out my third love bra. I didn't know I was wearing the wrong size for so long. I think what's really awesome about this is that over 12 million women have taken the quiz to date, and it's actually a pretty fun experience. I answered a few simple questions and I found my perfect fit in about 60 seconds. Third Love offers more than 70 sizes, which is more sizes than most other brands, including their signature half cup sizes. Not only that, but Third Love is convenient. You can skip the trip to the mall, find your fit with their online fit finder, order, try it on at home. No more awkward fitting room experiences. What really sold me on Third Love was the 100% fit guarantee. Every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. And if you don't love it, you can return it. And Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. Third Love's team of expert fit stylists are dedicated to helping you find your perfect fit. Fit stylists are available every day to help via text, chat, or phone. Returns and exchanges are free and easy. What's not to love? Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now, they're offering Hey Girl listeners 15% off of your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash heygirl to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash heygirl for 15% off today. how you how you navigate your, your social media um yeah. and how you stay true and authentic to your brand because I know you know companies probably reach out to you a lot for partnerships and like opting out right on the things that don't serve your way of living and then also yeah. staying authentic and and really celebrating community and and motherhood and sisterhood even in, yeah. in your digital space first of all one thing with becoming a parent and a specifically becoming a mother Mm -hmm. there's this expectation or again like this narrative that like motherhood is all um, encompassing Mm -hmm. and that it's a universal experience Mm -hmm. and for me that just feels we do ourselves a disservice like sure there are things that unite mothers unite women you you know whatever in so many ways but that also like erases so many experiences I found when I first went on like maternity leave I was I had a maternity leave with Faye because I had like a full-time position um, at another, at a job. Mm-hmm. And I went on maternity leave. And then during my maternity leave, I basically, James and I ran the numbers for our family. And essentially, you know, we each had, in, we basically each made the same amount of money and neither one of us could stop working. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't afford childcare. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. What will we do? Yeah. And so I was in a position where I was able to kind of like build my own, like I knew that I would be able to leave my job and potentially, hopefully, and seriously winging it, make my own career, run my own business. Yeah. And so it was ooh, a little bit shaky there at first, but like we were able to make that happen. At this stage, like by now, I'm like the primary income earner for our family that's really great in so many ways but it's like nice to find like a community of people who are similar to you and like because that affects my experience like yeah. that expect that affects my experience of motherhood it affects my experience of social media you know like I am not a stay-at-home mom I'm also not a mom who works 60 hours a week at a law firm you know like there's like a middle ground and so mm-hmm. you know for me finding people to talk to about are my particular like quirky experience of being a business owner and also 
but also being like flexible in my time has mm-hmm. been really important. So we, I have a friend um, who I think you might know, Latanya. Mm-hmm. Um, is that, you know, she and I, we both live in New York. We have similar kind of work. There are lots, you know, there are differences certainly in our situations and, and our, um, and our work, but there's so many intersections. I talk about saying like, I can like call her up and be like, okay, this is this thing that's driving me crazy on social media. Like, how are you handling this? Mm. How can I handle this? Like what, you know, just from anything, like we can, there's so much like common ground. And so that has been like crucial for me, like finding someone in this space who's both my like real life friend and my like online friend has been like really, that's like so supportive. Like I find I, I would, I would not be able to navigate social media in the way that I do without mm-hmm. friendships like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing. And then I guess in terms of like, oh gosh, the stuff and the feedback and you know, it's, yeah. it is complicated. It yeah. is really hard. Like I'm not going to lie there. I am very much aware that there are elements of my life and um, some like quality of life stuff that I enjoy mm-hmm. that I would not be able to without my job. Um, And sometimes I can get myself into a spiral in part because I get feedback from other people Mm -hmm. about this, where it's, well, you say that you're all about simplicity, but I see that you're doing this fancy thing or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I can get myself into, I can get myself into a position where I feel like, oh no, like I am doing the wrong thing. Like I did mess up. Mm -hmm. But then also like, there's just such this exposure that other people like don't have like you, you know, before I started blogging full time, I worked first at a nonprofit and then another media company, but at the nonprofit, like it's so easy to be like, I am doing such great work and my, it's so like clean and perfect. And there's no, like this money is so like, you know, holy or whatever. Right, right. It's like, well, come on now. Like the people who founded the nonprofit, they got their money by like exploiting natural resources. You know what I mean? Like there's all of this kind of stuff. Like there's no such thing as clean money. Like Mm. there's no such thing as a perfect choice. And I like run into this. So I run in, I actually recently wrote a post that was called reconsidering gold stars. Mm. And I'm someone who like chases gold stars, you know, like I want to know like, yeah, girl, I got a hundred on that test. You know what I mean? Like I want to know that like I did everything right. Mm -hmm. And I realized that like, it's impossible. There is no, like, I mean, you know, people all the say, like, there's no ethical consumption under capitalism. Like, sure. Like, I, I agree. Like, it's all really complicated. And it's all more complicated than it appears, like, at face value. And, like, I think we all have to make choices for our families and for our careers that, like, sit well with us on a gut level. But, like, also everything can be critiqued. Like, everything can be teased apart and, like, you're going to find something that's, like, not so savory. Mm. But I think a lot of it comes down to, frankly, I think, like, misogyny, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, people are uncomfortable with women earning an income in the public eye. And untraditionally, um, too, I find. And uh, totally. There's something, like, sometimes it feels like, there are folks, and of course, like, it's a few negative comments that kind of, like, ring loudest. Um, so you have to, like, I mean, I survive mostly by being, like, okay, squeaky wheel. Like, I'm not going to give you any grace. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. There, there's this there's this idea that somehow you're, like, pulling, pulling one over or, like, pulling the wool over someone's eyes or, like, you know, like, getting away with something mm-hmm. because it's not, like, like I said, because I'm neither, like, a stay-at-home parent nor am I working 60 hour work week out of the home like there's this like weird gray area and I think people 
I think fundamentally don't understand it and they're curious. Yeah. And then I think, you know, so there's that. And then I think some people are just like skeptical, which is fine. I mean, I, my mom, like my guiding like principle is always to be like as transparent as is possible while also maintaining like a sense of privacy. And like I said, you know, like I, it is like I run a business and I have to make decisions all the time. Like I actually just said no to a campaign after like going kind of far down the road of saying yes, because it was just like, okay, on a gut level, this is not feeling right for me. Yeah. And like, frankly, it means like, um, you know, like it affects my like bottom line. Like it's like not good, yeah. but you know, you feel like there are things like, I feel like I have to like make a kind of like moral call on, yeah. um, and I think that's and like, really important, especially as you're navigating, building a brand, having a business, doing yeah. brand partnerships, so yeah. on and so forth, writing books, you know, who are you going yeah. to go with for the publisher? Who's really going to yeah. represent you? There's so many yeah. different avenues of yeah. sustainability. Really, it yeah. comes down to that. Do you love discovering new products? Are you a beauty and fashion maven constantly on the hunt for the next best thing? Ever read about or spot something online that you've always wanted to try but never have? Then you might love FabFitFun. It allows women everywhere to discover new products as well as including rave review and must-have brands that you know and love. It's like Christmas four times a year. Stumped on gift ideas? FabFitFun is also a great gift for someone you love. You can surprise your mom or sister with this awesome summer box packed with great items. Do you have a daughter who's going to college, maybe, or a friend who's a new mom? FabFitFun is an awesome care package. My last box came with this beautiful lotus towel. It was blue, and it's shaped like the flower, and it has a gorgeous design in the middle. That's something we've been laying out on the deck and relaxing on for a few weeks now. So what I love about FabFitFun is that they offer full-size products, no samples of anything. Every box is guaranteed to have over $200-plus in retail value. The summer 2019 box has a total retail value between $269 to $467. That's fantastic. Treat yourself with items in it, such as the Sutra Professional Mini Travel Blow Dryer, the beautiful Vicks Paula Lotus Towel, or the West Elm Indigo tie-dye bowls. Many of the product's individual value is more than the entire cost of the box. You can customize your box by choosing some products and some add-ons with each one. Or you can be surprised. It's great for discovering new brands and new products. What a better way to shop. I'm looking forward to my next box because they're always so different and packed with things I can actually use. I like to share the items in my box with my 11-year-old. She's really into skincare these days. We recently got a clay mask and a foot mask and a body scrub. She loves them all. The FabFitFun 2019 Summer Box is on sale now. So sign up for FabFitFun today. These boxes always sell out. You can use my code HEYGIRL to get $10 off your first box. All you have to do is go to FabFitFun to sign up and get started. Use promo code HEYGIRL to get $10 off your first box. That's over $200 for only $39.99. Go to FabFitFun.com and use my code HEYGIRL to get $10 off your first FabFitFun box. 
let's talk about sustainability for a minute and why it's so important to you to live a lifestyle of sustainability um, and how that links back to your self-care practices. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Or oh, my lack of self-care sometimes. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think for me, like, again, it's kind of like a gut level thing. Like, I I grew up with, like, two parents who were, like, pretty, um, like, vocal about, like, environmentalism. And so I kind of, like, just had this, like, again, like, I don't know. I was just, like, very aware of that stuff growing up. And, like, you know... Uh, we live in like a not great moment you know like the state of the planet is not good (laughs) and we like all need to be like thinking about that and it's like terrifying frankly so I think a lot about it just from like perspective of the health of our our planet um Mm -hmm. but also you know it like again like it's interesting for me when I got to a point I think where I started like having like a larger social media following and having pe- seeing that people like when it was not my intention at first, but it's also like a way that this work is like financed essentially mm-hmm. through like companies and partnerships. It like I decided like you know what if I'm going to be writing about anything, I want to make sure it's some it's like things that are like doing right. good, right. you know. So mm-hmm. like that for me was just like again it was kind of like a gut level. I was like oh, you know what like I'm just not gonna take on partnerships with people who like I don't think are good for the planet or you know like increasingly like it's interesting you know we talk about sustainability I particularly talk about sustainability so much in terms of like the environment and the planet but there's also like sustainability in terms of like financial freedom (laughs) and like you know like I talked about publicly before you know like when Faye was born, like, my husband and I, like, basically, like, couldn't afford to have kids yeah. on our, like, salaries, you yeah. know? And um, and child care is expensive and, anyway. So it's like... Child care is crazy. Yeah. Child care is crazy. And, of course, you need it to grow a business. Like, that's mm-hmm. the other part. Talk about, like, sustainability. Like, I couldn't do what I do right. without child care right. in a big-time way. And that also gets glossed over and lost in translation sometimes on social media. I'm not here with my kids on my lap writing my blog. Right. Not by a long shot, you right. know? Um, right, right. But yeah, like in terms of like financial stability too, like I actually did a big partnership with a credit card company this year, which was a big deal for me. It was a much bigger contract than I've had before. And it was like the first time I was really, instead of partnering with a small business, right. um, it was significant corporation. Mm-hmm. I was hesitant about it at first, but then at the end of the day, I was like, you know what? It's actually about the sustainability of my business. Not only mm. the like money that I receive for the campaign, but also like, I need a I need to like ramp things up around here. Like mm. I need to like professionalize. Like I need a business credit card for mm. one thing, let mm. alone all the other business expenses, you know? So right, like right. for like I think that's all part of sustainability and frankly self care too. Like being able to have like the peace of mind to not like struggle and mm-hmm. like saying like it's okay to like be working hard and like making money. And making um, the decisions that you need for yeah. your business, your family, and your overall well-being. I think that that's what can be really difficult, especially in entrepreneurship, where we find, you know, like what to say yes to, what to say no to, and then what are the things that we're going to just push to the side until we're ready to address them business-wise or what what we can afford to push to the side, (laughs) Um, you know? So it's like saying yes, opting out, as you mentioned, and then being like, okay, well, what can wait? And I think 
I don't understand. I don't think folks understand how difficult it is in entrepreneurship, especially when you're a, a, a solo show, because you're making yeah. all of the decisions and you have to you you're hoping that you're making the right decision because you really never know what that right decision is. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, and I, it's also like there's just so much behind the scenes work. Right. I mean, that's like the tricky, weird thing. About it's work. Like, it is work. It's, so much work. And not even and like, just work, like running your website, you know, updating yeah. things, you're, you know, you're writing books, you're doing this and that. It's not just yeah. this pretty f- Instagram feed or yeah. the, that pretty image that you saw that, you know, we took 50 yeah. shots and like that was the most, you know what I mean? Like it's a yeah. lot. It's a lot. Yeah. 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 So, you know, and it's also like, yeah, yeah. It's all, it all is like very interesting to me. And like, and then like navigating expectations and stuff is yeah. hard. Cause like, like I said, I don't know. It's probably because I was raised Catholic. Like I'm hard on myself, mm. you know, like I really want to be making like the most upstanding decision possible yeah, and like yeah. that you know so then it's like hard to get feedback it's hard to get critical feedback you know mm-hmm. like I think it's hard for anyone but I am particularly I can be particularly sensitive I think because mm-hmm. I have tried so hard to make so many right decisions here and like I think I think it's difficult to to like put yourself in a position where you're saying like hey I'm making these decisions from a point of view that is either moral or ethical or whatever like as soon as you say that mm-hmm. you're kind of put on this pedestal that is just so easy to be knocked down from right right and that's where the gold star stuff comes in a bit take any decision that any one of us makes you can find a counter to it like you can find a reason that that's not that was not the best decision that i find is like a difficult aspect of my like public persona like i wake up a lot to like emails that say like I noticed you did this thing and I don't think that was the right thing it doesn't align with your values I'm like oh my god yeah. how do you even know my values are? you know like, <laughs> there is a kind of like protective yeah. you know like element like I definitely can feel defensive sometimes and like talk about like even saying this is like such a faux pas like I shouldn't I feel like it's this unspoken word that especially working in like social media you have a good thing going and you better not complain about it, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. the truth is it's sometimes hard and it's also super rewarding, but it's sometimes really hard and it's hard for me to be like a public persona for sure. So to wrap up our conversation, (laughs) I definitely want to touch on your self-care. You know, you mentioned your lack (laughs) thereof (laughs) or your struggling self-care. So I won't put you on the spot and ask you what your self-care is, but I do want to maybe ask what your top three self-care intentions are as you move through the rest of the year? Well, I mean, I should say that like, and this again, like talk about something that like can be taboo. Last year I started going to see a therapist to kind of talk about some Mm -hmm. of like hazards of the trade. Like, and it was like, I mean, like such a better place about it. And I also, you know, I don't go very often, but like being able to like touch base and be like, Listen, like, I've got a lot of, a lot of like, heavy feelings about this. Oh, and, like, just having those conversations has been amazing. So that's been a huge shift in my personal self-care that I actually haven't really – I talked about it very briefly, um, but don't really talk about it that regularly. And I'd say that that's been huge for me. I'm frugal, and I 
I'm also like kind of anxious about money. And so it was like, oh my God, going to a therapist seemed like something that really rich people do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like for me, it's, it's been incredibly rewarding and helpful for me in navigating, especially the kind of like social side of the work. I, I would also say like, I have to say like in terms of self-care that I think I'm actually pretty good at, I'm, I've gotten like really good at having like a calm nighttime ritual, which is sometimes I'm like, oh my God, this is to the detriment of my like work. But I used to for like years, especially when I was like on staff at another media company, like I would just stay up so late Mm -hmm. at night working. I mean, and then, you know, like when I had like babies, like, oh my God, you know, they're like, okay, now they're asleep and I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to work at night. And like, that is just brutal for me. Like I'm, I am not a night owl Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I don't like working at night, but it felt like it was necessary. And like in the past few years, two years, probably, I've just kind of decided like, no, nothing is like worth, worth my like anxiety being like spiked at nighttime by trying to like finish something. And so like, I've actually even recently, like I've made a shift to like, I'm often like publishing my blog post in the afternoon instead of like first thing in the morning, mm. just because I have like a fresh mind and I can look at it again in the morning. It takes care and time and whatever. And for a long time, I was really doing a much more like I work all night and, and all day, you know, like really just like that's not sustainable. <laughs> no, no, that's like I think that's a good, that's like real self care. Yes, um, and I'm often doing a face bath, which is like such a cliche with self care, but like all of that stuff, like I actually do find it's really helpful, like in the evenings especially for me to just focus on myself. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> that matters. That matters um, a lot. Yeah, yeah. As moms and as business women, we need all the things that can help us fill up so that we can in turn, you know, fill up for our families and our work and all of that. The Hey Girl podcast is a member of the District Productive, produced by Paul, Woody Woodhall, and me, Alex L. Music by DC's own Kokai. Kokai.